Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. All right, time to dive into the economic part of things. All lies in the investment industry. We're on the Federal Reserve today for hints of when they're going to raise interest rates south of the border. The only certainty is that it did not happen today as rates were held at record lows for the 54th consecutive month. With more on this and the implication for the loonie, the stock market, and the overall Canadian economy, we're, of course, joined by Michael Campbell, the host of Canada's number one rated financial show, Money Talks. Mike, let me start off by saying I just, I'm blown away by how powerful the Federal Reserve is, in particular, uh, as long with central, along with central banks, uh, how far, how much attention we pay these guys. I mean, I don't think in reverse the people pay that much attention to the Bank of Canada in the States. What do you think? Well, I mean, it's incredible to see that central bankers have become sort of celebrities. Uh, you know, they knew Janet Yellen's the head of the Federal Reserve, but we all knew sort of Ben Bernanke's name before that, Mario Draghi in the EU. We've got big action down in Japan. And the reason is, is that, you know, coming out of the subprime credit crisis, 2008, they were forced to take action. I mean, Bernanke himself was very worried about getting into some sort of deflationary uh, cycle. You know, he called himself an expert on the policy mistakes of the Great Depression you know, 1929. So they took action. And I think on the other side of that coin is governments didn't. Most governments uh, have been making mistakes uh, or shown no leadership whatsoever. I mean, they're focusing on other agendas, but not the economy. And I think that's, by the way, what cost the Democrats in the U.S., uh, you know, their strength in the House. That's why they lost the House of Representatives in the midterm election uh, in 2010. It's because, you know, the, the public's wandering around saying, hey, it's the economy, stupid. And politicians are waylaid with other things. Now, we said it earlier on, but the Federal Reserve obviously keeping rates unchanged. But uh, the big question, as with the Bank of Canada, is what happens in the case of the Fed in the fall? Yeah, 54 straight months, by the way, of keeping uh, rates unchanged in, in the states. They want to raise them. I mean, we're in unprecedented territory in terms of policies like quantitative easing, where the government sort of created this ton of cash, and uh, really to finance uh, the financial sector buying U.S. government bonds in this case. Uh, that's, that's the big deal going on. But they want to get those rates up, because what happens if the U.S. sort of uh, hits some headwinds? And, and by the way, we got a secret memo leak with the U.S. Federal Reserve sort of laying out what they saw as the economic growth scenario over the next five, six years, and none of it was any good. I mean, it's mediocrity at best, but they want to have a little bit of ammo if their things do slow down so they could literally get back, you know, if they can get back more toward normal rates instead of these manipulated ones, then they can at least uh, take, the, take the policy of lowering rates in the next sort of problem area. So they want them up. The consensus is they could go as early as September uh, and, and then even more so before the end of the year, and they, the consensus is that way because that's that's all the Federal Reserve's been saying. Well, Mike, here's the question. Why should we as Canadians care about what the Federal Reserve does or doesn't do? Well, right off the top, you mentioned the loony. Uh, obviously, we've been in a huge downtrend in the loony, and it's impacting us everywhere. I mean, whether it's not just travel to the U.S. or the cost of our imports. I mean, uh, we've all taken a 33% pay cut in the last two and a half years because of the drop compared to U.S. rates. Uh, uh, so I think if they raise the interest rates, uh, then, again, the money will start flowing more into the state. So I think that might be another kick to the loony, for example. Well, as far as those interest rates, it looks like there's nowhere to go but up. Uh, what happens when those rates do go up, and do you expect a, a taper tantrum? Well, you know, I love that, you know, the press is always sort of 
coining these little phrases. And what that comes from is a couple of years ago, uh, you know, it looked like the Federal Reserve was going to tighten monetary policy. The markets did not like it. So that's tapering. So they called it that the markets had a taper tantrum. And uh, that's big fear. But I think that's why the Federal Reserve is giving so many hints here. That's why they don't want surprises. So they keep on telling us what's coming. And I think that's one of their big fears is that the market will take that as a negative. I think the key, though, is not that they raise rates a quarter percent, is that if market participants sort of anticipate this is the first of many other rises to come, and I think that's what will be the key in the reaction to the next move. Is there any danger in focusing too tightly on what the Federal Reserve does? Yeah, I think there is. Uh, I've seen this big group think in the markets. We've got one variable, and we've been saying it on Money Talks for ages. You know, you've got to watch what central bankers are doing. Uh, that's been, you know, obviously the key component, the key variable in what the markets are doing. But if we're all watching the same thing, what if it turns negative? And, and the big problem you get is what happens if everybody wants out at the same time? Well, you get kind of the situation that they've had in China where you see this waterfall decline because there was such an imbalance of sellers over buyers. I think that's the worry. It would be a liquidity uh, worry as you go through to the next uh, phase, say, of interest rates. So we're six years into that unprecedented Central Reserve action. The economy is still weak, worse in Europe, of course, discussions ongoing here in Canada about whether or not we're in a recession. Uh, Why haven't record low rates and quantitative easing had a bigger impact? Well, I think that's just because it's one of the, just one part of the equation. And a couple of things here. You know, for example, let's say they bring our interest rates to zero, but say six months ago you bought a new car. Well, it doesn't matter to you. You're not buying a new car. They can't control individual activity, individual actions. So that's one of the things. They just can't control where that money's going. And uh, you've seen one of the interesting things about the Federal Reserve policy in the States is you've got President Obama sitting there saying that, uh, you know, income inequality is the biggest challenge of our time. Well, I'll tell you, this is, I don't think we'd have any debate that the low, record low interest rates and quantitative easing were the number one sort of economic financial policies in operation in the States. Well, who's got access to capital? It's certainly not the homeless guy. It's certainly not people uh, living under the poverty line. So it's exacerbated that very problem. And they just haven't been able to control. So maybe I borrowed money, but I didn't borrow it necessarily to you know, buy, build a new plant or more equipment or what have you. So that's really the shortcoming is two things. One, they uh, don't control the other side of the policy equation. Raising taxes is not good in a down economy. The other one is that they can't control what I do with the money if I indeed access record low rates. Mike, uh, personally speaking, I think in a lot of ways you've been a voice in the wilderness when it comes to debt. Now, there's never been an easier time to carry debt considering where interest rates are, but when they do go up, is there going to be a significant impact where it concerns debt? Yeah, it's, Ed, that's one of the great ironies, hey, Shane, is that you know they had they, this all happened coming out of a debt problem, and the solution was, oh, let's take on more debt. I mean, I don't, you don't have to have much of an economics degree to go, hey, that sounds pretty weird. I, I think the problem is always at the margins, though. We, you know, most people are very re- responsible and prudent when it comes to borrowing, so they're not going to be in any danger. It's that people right on the edges there, they may have problems with their debt. That's why they've got to review it before the problem hits. I think you're seeing much stronger balance sheets when you come uh, to the corporate level. I, I think it's government where they're going to have to worry about this. Uh, you know, Ontario, for example, is the most indebted 
non-sovereign nation or jurisdiction rather in the world. They don't want to spend more money on interest uh, payments to their uh, debt at this point. So I see individuals in better shape. I see individual companies in better shape, and I think governments are somewhat vulnerable. So what happens to people at places like Ontario, Mike, when it's time to pay the piper? Well, as I say, it's those people on the edges. I mean, it's the old story. You're going to get you're going to get forced, uh, possibly, certainly going to eat into anybody's discretionary spending when they pay more in interest rates. But the other side of that is that some people, and I don't think it's a lot, but some people will be in trouble. Uh, they're going to be forced to uh, do something with their houses and their mortgages, whether they're forced to sell or what have you. That's the people we're talking about. Michael Campbell, host of Money Talks here on CKNW. Mike, appreciate the time as always. My pleasure. This is News Talk 980 CKNW, Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk.